Hello there. This is Two Gobs No Job. We are two advertising creatives, or we were until we got made redundant. So we're here thinking about other jobs we could do. Hello, David Finch. Hello, Mark Tease. Yeah, can't wait to get into today's jobs. Um, I think we've got a few that we've discussed for a while that would be great for us, or maybe not great for us. Other people could decide. First one maybe is like um, a fancy being a hero, actually. Um, maybe like a firefighter. Okay, nice. You've had enough of all these NHS heroes. You want to be yeah. one too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think a firefighter would be great. I mean, I haven't really got the kind of build for it and um, I'm not a oh, fan. Oh, come on now. You're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> yeah, well, no one can see us, so it's fine. <laughs> um, I mean, those hoses look heavy. That's the only thing for me. I, I look at a hose and I go, that's not your average garden hose, is it? Oh, you've been training in the back garden, have you? Well, I just think, like, if you, if you, if you pop one of those hoses out, um, you know, to water your gerbers in the back garden, they're going to they're gonna be pinned against a fence and you probably won't have a garden left. Yeah, difficult to train to be a fireman or a fire, firefighter. I was thinking that. Um, have you seen them, those obstacle courses that they do? It's like Ninja Warrior on steroids. It's mental. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, maybe that's something we should suggest to them about having like their own sort of Ninja Warrior style thing going on TV, you know, firefight. Maybe they will after all this blows over. You know? <laughs> maybe, maybe. But yeah, I know what you mean. The hose has got to be, you know, firefighter's best friend. You've got to master that, tame it like a snake. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and I think, you know, obviously it's for putting out fires. So the water's ridiculous, you know, ridiculously powerful. But yeah, you know, one of those things goes loose. You're going to cause a lot of damage. To everyone around you. Yeah, I guess it's a bit like, you know, having a pet elephant. <laughs> it's exactly like that. Um, and I think we I mean, should... I, I don't think you have to feed it peanuts or anything. But, no, no. You know, similar power. <laughs> yeah, massive, yeah. It's, and that's probably why you need three or four people to sort of, you know, hold that hose. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not sure about the hose thing. I mean, it's, it, it sort of scares me a little bit. Um, the other thing as well is I'm not... You know, I, I don't mind cats, but like, I just think, I think basically, like, what happens if you get up that tree and it's not your average cat? You know, this cat's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a bastard cat. It's going to probably attack you. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really interested in sort of being scratched by a cat, um, you know, 20 foot up in the air. I'd love to see a firefighter rescuing a lion, especially like a, in the docile London street. There's a lion just just chilling out, you know. What would a in, in kind of, what would a lion need rescuing from? Out of interest. Yeah, probably not much. I think the firefighter maybe maybe the lion's rescuing the firefighter who's stuck up the tree because of a cat. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you would. There's an elephant involved. Yeah, it's it's weird. Lots of animals. <laughs> um, I think the other thing though is um, I, I'm like I get bored quite easily. Um, it's just the waiting. Mm, yeah, just yeah. waiting around. I mean, you get a lot of um, world champion pool players um, come through the firefighter ranks. It's like a different different way in, um, just because there's not much to do. Yeah, I don't know how you would cope, actually. You'd end up, like, halfway down a different street when when fire called. You wouldn't be there. You'd have spotted a, a shiny item somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think... I think so there's, there's the waiting for me. And then 
the other thing for me is the pole. I mean, that's that's obviously why people become firefighters, isn't it? Just for you know, just for sliding down the pole. I was going to say, I think one bit of criteria is experience on the pole, and yes. I mean that made me think of you know other jobs that use poles. Obviously, my first thought was pole vaulter. Yes. Yeah. So, of course. I, that was definitely your first thought. Yeah, I thought it'd be an amazing way to like, enter a fire scene. Forget the fire truck. Well, maybe they do. Maybe the, you just see them in that pole. Doesn't it comes with them on certain fires? You don't. You don't see that. You know, if you're a firefighter, you realise that pole actually is like transferable to other fires, not just the fire station. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I, the more we talk about this, I just think it's there's a lot of work, isn't there? It's like the waiting. I think would kill me. The cats. Um, heavy hoses is, you know, I mean, these guys are heroes. I just don't, no, I don't, I just think being a hero is a lot of work. And do you think they ever get bored at party, kids' parties as well? Can you do a fireman lift? It's like, no. <laughs> yeah, all right. You know, you can always spot the fireman. He's got all the kids on the, on his back, not just one. So like how many kids? It's like a, and most it's like a massive adults. version of Buckaroo. Buckaroo with a hose pipe. I mean, that's next level Buckaroo right there. I also think that um, you'd have to work very, you would have to work very hard in life. You know, the minute you people say you're a firefighter, that's it. You're an amazing person. Yeah. Have you I, ever fought a fire or not? Doesn't matter. It's like you say that job and you, 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 you're done. People, the, the conversation stops, you know. People probably turn to like what your most daring fire rescue is, you know. And all that firefighters going is, well, it was a cat. Um, it was... <laughs> I think you need to have a uh, sort of like the need to want to control fire. So maybe you have to love it at first, you know? So maybe it's like when you say training for it, you know, there's, there's people setting many things on fire just to put them out. Yeah. Okay. You want to become a master of fire. You want to be able to, yeah. be able to start it, but also be able to put it out really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, maybe that's part of the interview. Maybe they just set something on fire randomly. And you have to kind of put it out. And what would you do to it? You know, and the people who are still playing with it probably don't get the job. <laughs> yeah. Sounds dangerous, doesn't it? Does it always sound pretty dangerous? Yeah. I'm not sure about danger, you know. It does sound dangerous, but I think, you know, with danger comes high rewards. So, I mean, again, like what's the kind of end goal of the firefighter to become as famous as Fireman Sam? Look, if you can, if you can have your own thin tune um, and be, you know, be a plasticine Welshman. Um, it's, it's the goal. It's definitely the goal. It was a great thing. I'm not seeing it. Um, but he, I mean, I think he rescued a lot of cats, actually. So maybe that was a bad kind of children's TV program because a lot of kids grew up going, he didn't really put any fires out. You know, he just rescued a lot of cats. Yeah. In fact, I think he was like 90% cats. Yeah, there was only one cat in the village. <laughs> I mean, that um, cat goes straight in the hammer and wasted services yeah. time. <laughs> I wonder if you could do that. I wonder if you could charge a cat for wait, wasting firefighter time. The cat's on the tree going, I don't need to be rescued, but this is funny. There's like a massive red, huge red van that's turned up to save Yeah, you. just likes the attention. You've got to imagine that, that firefighters are animal lovers, though, because just thinking about it, and we've talked about the hoses, but really... It could be like one of those fair games where you just get the hose out and try and blast the cat out of the tree uh, with, with the hose. I think that's probably quicker, really, right? You know, if the cat gets himself stuck up there, you know, they always land on their feet, don't they? It doesn't matter how, how high the tree is. 
cat will always be fine. A bit wet, you know. <laughs> I think it's. I think that's. Um, I think that's something we should suggest to them, to the firefighters, to like you know save them some yeah, time. Yeah, that's the that's the classic thing about like if you want to make sure a cat lands on his feet, um, put jam toast on its feet because jam toast always right. lands face down. Oh, so you put jam, you put jam on the cat's yeah, feet. Yeah, jam the cat's feet. If you're gonna blast a cat out of a tree, jam it on. Okay. As soon as we finish this, I'm just gonna go and grab my uh, my black currant jam from the cupboard and find a cat. Yes. Preferably a black currant cat. <laughs> okay, that's uh, that's a um, uh, foodie segue actually into our next job we're gonna consider: the vending machine technician. I mean, they're similar to firefighters. They're heroes, aren't they? They're snack heroes. They're snack heroes. Um, just think about how many how many commuters they've saved on a rainy night in the middle of like a train station. In, on the, yeah, that's you know, beautiful. Coming home from work. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a beautiful sentiment, actually. I'd never thought of it like that. There you go. It's the romance. The romantic view of a vending machine technician. I, I, I actually can't believe there haven't been more films about vending machine technicians. Yeah, there's been plenty of films about firefighters, but I mean, name me one Oscar-winning film that involves a vending machine technician. I can't even name you half a one. No, it's just I don't think it exists. I mean, who would who would play the title role? Do you think? I mean, that's tough. That's I mean, I mean that's really tough, isn't it? Vending machine technician. I mean, I can see Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah. You know, in his in his blue overalls, you know, gently teasing. The stuck pack of polos out of E15. Um, I think, I think that would be you know it's it's, it's going to get a lot of people flocking. In fact, that might be the title of the film. E15. That's beautiful, man. Yeah, people are expecting to see you know a spy thriller, but no, it's just a vending machine technician going on his way, feeding the commuters of the world. What I can imagine is someone almost like leaving a code on the vending machine through snacks leaving little love messages mm. for the commuter like they don't meet but they feel the presence of the other person um yeah i mean i can i can see that grossing 100 million yeah oh, definitely yeah completely or you know and they could release it by um by not releasing it and having to get someone out to release it because it gets stuck that would be fantastic like it would be like a false release like everyone's paid their money to see the film but they don't get to see it until someone comes in. Because that's you know. what love is like. Um, yeah, that's what love's like. The real yeah, world. It's, it's just, yeah. I mean, I think we're writing a script here for a vending machine technician. Yeah, but film. I think it's, you know, it's inspired by the notion of being a vending machine technician, which, you know, if it was going to lead to a script, you'd have to have that experience. I'd, I have to say, just on the, on the general topic of vending machine, mm. anyway... I've noticed they've got they've got quite security conscious recently. So if you go into like a lot of stations in London, there's a double plastic wall in front of it, metal. You know, it feels like you know maybe these things aren't isn't you know, they're not food. There's a secret that the vending in, like the vending machine technician knows that you know there's actually gold in their machines um, because they're, they're pretty well fortified. Um, you can't even he can't even get into them. You know? Do you mean? Um, do you mean they've still got like crisps and chocolate bars on the surface, but there's something behind it? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so because some of them have got like a lot of like locks and codes that, that are kind of on yeah, on the okay. outside, hidden, hidden in plain it's... sight beneath Doritos yeah. and Maltesers. I think what we're really getting to here is the 
the higher question that we're getting to here is uh, what snack causes them the most fury? Yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Because if you if you already hated a certain snack, like mine would be like a picnic or something, and then you had to go and yeah. see that every day, and it kept pissing you around, you wouldn't want to do this job. You'd have a lot of snack-related nightmares. I think it would be unusual-shaped snacks, wouldn't it, that get lodged the most? That's my guess. When you say that, I mean, I, I mean, I imagine that crisps aren't a problem. Light as crisps a feather. Are quite light. Yeah, they, you know, you could kind of, and I suppose really you get annoyed yourself if they get stuck. You kind of like, how how can those crisps get stuck yeah, just that's, there? That's just you having a bad day, mate. But you're right though. Maybe it's um, maybe it's the smaller items that cause them problems, like little packets of mints or sweets, or you know, the, the weird, the weirdly shaped chocolate bar is kind of you know, that's maybe that what that's what drives them crazy. And equally, if you loved a certain chocolate bar and it got stuck. I mean, it would ruin it for you forever. Yeah, I'm not sure about the risk anymore. No. I just think you might ruin confectionery for yourself forever. You know, it might be one of those things that you you never have to look, you never want to look at again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The other thing I was thinking was the danger, you know, back to sort of firefighting again. What do you do if you see someone abusing a vending machine? You know, giving it a wobble, giving it a bash on the side. Do you, are you supposed to like perform a citizen's arrest or what? I think, yeah, I think we should find this out for real. But I'm going to go with, in you know, in lieu of any real research, um, I'm going to go with the fact that, yeah, I think uh, I don't see why a a 25 mile hour run rugby tackle isn't yeah, out of the question. Take the player and the machine in one tackle. Yeah, you take everything. I mean, that would be a really interesting question. Do these guys know how to get the stuff out? Or is that the point? You know, can you not? Is it impossible once something gets stuck? You know, is that is that otherwise they, they haven't got a job, have they? Okay. You mean even they don't know? Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what I mean. Like if, you know, or maybe they do know and it's the big secret. Because if, if 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 they knew the secret of how to get stuff out and everyone knows that, you never have to call a vending machine technician again, do you? Uh yeah, okay. So they're protecting their own jobs. Yeah, this ties in with something I was thinking about, the kind of vending machine technician code. You know, like uh, another mm. part of that would be like you never steal. No. You know, when it's being restocked, no, never. You, know, you never, never swipe a dairy milk. Well, they would know, wouldn't they? Vending machine HQ would know probably. <laughs> like they, they account for every single chocolate bar and confectionery and water in the country. Of yeah, machines. you mean like Cadbury is somewhere sat on a throne yeah. made of chocolate, counting. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But you, you do raise a really interesting point. Vending machine technicians. I'm gonna take a stab here. They must get, they must get pretty handsomely paid. And the only reason I'm saying this is because obviously, um, an ordinary chocolate bar, let's say a dairy milk. There are other chocolate bars available. Let's say a dairy milk. It's what, 60p at the moment, 60, 65p. Just a really small one. The minute that goes into the vending machine, it becomes two pounds. So it's like there's like a magic markup. In all the machines, so uh, who, who who gets all that yeah, extra money? Straight, straight to the you don't see it. You don't see a poorly dressed vending machine technician, do you? I mean, I've never seen one, but apparently you don't see. No, I mean, they're usually dressed in <laughs> you like you know, big shiny suits that I assume are made out of foil. Yeah, I assume that too. Do you think they um? Do you think they have like uh, instead of a doorbell, they have a certain code on their houses? 
just makes them feel better, you know, so it means they can like sort of, you know, they can sort of like fix it if anything yeah, goes yeah, wrong. I think it's a lifestyle and everything yeah, that comes yeah. with it. Well, maybe it is. It's a calling, right? So you wake up in the middle of the night going, yeah, I've always wanted to supply, like we said before, I've always wanted to supply that, that quick snack at, you know, various places. I've always, you know, always yeah, been into I, that. Yeah, I do like what you're saying. The kind of higher purpose is appealing to me. Yeah. It's about making people happy, isn't it, at the end of the day? I mean, one Massively. one thing I was wondering about was whether, as part of the job, you'd have to take requests. Oh, yeah, so, go on. You know, you're at, so I'm a punter, I'm a commuter, mm. you know, I'm on the platform at the vending machine. I see the guy who, the technician, who's, you know, refilling the machine or fiddling around with the machine. You know, that's my chance to ask him about what goes in the machine. That's my one chance. Ah, who decides? Uh, yeah. It's nice. Well, maybe, maybe we should suggest there's a, there's a, there's a crowdsourced vending machine somewhere that, you know, you can get through for a vending machine yeah, technician. Nice. Different every yeah. week. Different every week. Oh, I mean, there's, there's, there's vending machine technicians now going <laughs> mad. Us. Listen to this. Yeah. I mean, they are all listening. Well, I thought this was our, they were our core audience, aren't they? Oh, they're our but, only audience. We're big in uh, the vending machine. Audience. Um, by the way, I'm in. I like the higher purpose. I, you know, I think, you know, I think it's a, it's a good cause and um, I don't think it'd be too taxing. I mean, unless I'm very mis- like mistaken, I think there's a few codes you need to know and a screwdriver and you, you probably have to have the wobble down yourself. Everyone wins. You know, the markups make it lucrative for you. You're always there when people need you, when no one else is around. You know, yeah, you have to pay a little bit more, but I think people are happy to because it's kind of like, it's a bit like an arcade game at the end of the day, isn't it? You kind of entertainment and a uh, bag of peanuts. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, so in, maybe that's part of the problem, actually. They're not that exciting. Maybe we could sort of have a word with someone and say, you know, make them more... Maybe that's what our new venture could be. Making vending machines yeah, more exciting. I you know. love that. We should do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Definitely. There's a huge, huge gap in the market there. Okay. A huge vending okay, machine so gap in the market. From the wonderful light that is appearing before us in the machine technology world, let's go to the the darkness of working in a cinema. What do you think of that? Yeah, so I think I think it's uh, you get this romantic view, don't you? You know, there's like lots of people like loving films. You, they, they say you should always do stuff that you love and get involved in, but I can't imagine that you know, picking dried popcorn um, out off the floor um, is something that a cinephile, you know, yeah, wants to do. Yeah, I know do. what you mean. So I think, I think the first thing you're going to need, though, is um, you're probably going to need to have a love for carrots, like a massive love for carrots, um, and eat them so you can uh, see yes, perfectly well in the dark. Yeah, I'm, I was thinking about horses. I was thinking about... Um, I was actually thinking about firefighters again, somehow. Um, but yeah, ignore yeah okay. you carry yeah. on with your charity ways. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you just need a lot of... If you didn't like carrots, you wouldn't have the... You know, I, think, I, don't, I don't think it's the only vegetable, but it's the, it's the classic one that gets good eyesight. Um, you know, they do help you see in the dark, so you're probably going to need a lot Why of, don't a lot more of carrot eating. Work at cinemas? That is a great point. Maybe, maybe they do, you, you just can't see them in carrots. the dark. Because you haven't eaten enough carrots. How do you know that a, a rabbit's not showing someone to their seat? Not right now, obviously. But um, Or maybe, 
maybe what you don't realise is while we're in lockdown, um, rabbits have taken over cinemas. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's mean possible, like, right? Um, like watching as well uh, as working. Yeah, I mean, why would rabbits not well, love a good film? I haven't seen a single rabbit in the last five weeks. I mean, I don't own a rabbit, but for all I know, they could all be, uh, you know, your local Odeon snacking on some carrot-flavoured yeah. popcorn. Yeah. I just think, like, you know, maybe that's a... Maybe we should get in contact with Odeon if they're, if they're not, or, you know, View or someone in, just, in Sony World and basically say, guys, we've got an audience for you. You're struggling at the moment. There's a, there's a whole yeah, audience okay. out there for you. I think I know but someone at Odeon, actually. Uh, but we'd like... Yeah, I think it's a rabbit. So oh, there you go. Maybe we can... <laughs> So yeah, I mean, so I think the first thing, obviously, eyesight. Maybe that's maybe um, part of the interview for that is to navigate your way or a confused person in the pitch black to to their seat, which I think yeah, would be a great okay. challenge. I like that rather than the kind of traditional, you know, sit down across a desk interview. Let's get up and do something. Show me, show me you can work in this cinema. Yeah, and I think that's why you get your email and say, you know, it's the, the nice. interviews at three a.m. in the morning. Maybe you have to develop a sixth sense mm. for the for that for for, for showing people. Um, you know, are you to their just dropping film titles now for the geeky yeah, film definitely. fans out there? I know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get as many film titles in the. Uh, uh, no, that's good though. Yeah, I know what you're saying. The sixth sense of cinema working. I mean, it does sound like it could be a real thing. Oh yeah, and I think I think maybe only certain people have it. I'm not sure I would. Um, I mean, to be honest, I think my problem was I, I love films, so I might show a few people to their seat and yeah. then sit in the front row and just go for it. You know, I think that's, yeah, that's my I'm, biggest I'm distraction, say, personally. I know that one of the perks of the job is that you get to watch some of the films. I was wondering whether, <clears throat> whether it's a case of get to or have to. Like, do they force you to watch the films in the same way that if you worked in a, like, as a mechanic in a garage? people would expect you to know about what goes on in that garage. Yeah. I suppose now you don't really get asked maybe as much what the film's like, but you'd have thought that why aren't more people film reviewers as, you know, working in the cinema? Because they should probably know all the films. And you're right. They're, they're, I mean, they probably should be forced, <laughs> shouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like all the films they don't you want know, to watch. Yeah. Just like, I'm just, here to, I'm just here to make some money. No, you're not. No, you're here to, to take you know, the, the joys of cinema in. You're doing this for, for the love. I mean, maybe that's a general thing anyway. You should be forced to show that you love you love the job you're going into. You either love fire, you know, you love codes, things getting stuck. Oh, yeah, you as you say, though, the good, films, you know? good thing with you is that you love films. And I've, I've heard you say before that you, you force yourself to watch films you don't want to. So this sounds perfect for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I hate horror films. I'll watch, I'll watch horror films forever just to, you know, just to kind of scare myself. Just to see that someone's been paid 100 million quid to make a terrible, terrible film. But yeah, I think I just, there's not much to the job though, is there? You, sh- you show some people to their seat in the dark and um, you wait till the film's over. Bit of cleaning, you serve some drinks. It's kind of a mix between a cleaner, someone who works at McDonald's, and uh, like someone who wears a blindfold, I'm not sure what that is, but it's, yeah, it's a cross between yeah, those I mean. three things. Yeah, look blind, shiny guy. You're gonna say you want to, you, you want this job? I I think it's a mixed bag. Pardon the uh, popcorn pun there. Um, <laughs> like 
it's got its benefits, but then it's a bit like, you know, too much of a good thing. I don't think I could spend all day in a cinema would be one thing. Also, some weird mm. shit happens in cinemas. I mean, we've all seen we've all seen the little <laughs> cut-out holes in the bottom of popcorn packets in the bin. No, 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 not those cinemas, man. Different country. Um, but <laughs> but but you do make you do make another point actually. Um, obviously, you you don't age as much um, in a cinema oh, because um, the sun doesn't get to you. Yeah, so you know you see those Saturday guys mm. sometimes or Saturday girls working in a cinema. Mm. They're probably fifty. So, um, so just think of it like that. Like, if you want to protect your skin, yeah, maybe a cinema is so you, yeah, you can easily supplement vitamin D. Um, but yeah, if you're looking for the elixir of life, if you want that immortality, you know, interview with a vampire style. Well, maybe that's it. So, so, so we found a job that. That near enough wow. gives you more like immortality. It's suddenly my favourite job ever. Why? Who? Who wouldn't want that? I could take some dry popcorn and serve some drinks and watch some films if I'm going to live forever. Or, you know, I mean that's really sad, isn't it? If like someone at a cinema sort of dies and you go, oh, they're only eighteen. It's like no, lived a great life. They were seventy six, <laughs> and everyone's no one knows that. Maybe that's the secret. Mm. All jobs yeah, have really a secret. Maybe this is the one. I think there's there's definitely a truth yeah. in the like time in cinemas is all over the place. Like, you know, you obviously there's the thing about when you go in and it's daytime, you come out, it's nighttime or, you know, or you, you go in, it's dark, you mm. come out, it's still light and you're all disorientated. But where, where I think the time thing yeah, is definitely. Most prevalent is in the toilet because, because you've got a real strange mix of okay. people in there. So there's, there are the borderlers washing their hands like 17 times just to pass a bit of time, waiting for their mates to arrive. But then you've got the rushers who, who didn't even want to be in the toilet, but they couldn't hold it any longer, ran out of the screen, you know, in and out of the toilet in like, you know, 1.5, 6 seconds. It's like weird slow-mo speed-up thing going on. Um, I think that would mess with me if I was, you know, cleaning that toilet, working at a cinema. <laughs> yeah but you maybe that's the point you must as a, as a worker you must have to know the time without a watch so that's another skill you need so actually they're highly skilled people they can operate in the dark they don't age and they can tell the time just by looking at how the people maybe the toilet's like the sundial of the cinema so they can tell the, they can tell what film's on and where uh, it is and yeah, the people are in there just by looking spin at a negative it. on his head into a positive. I think it's I think it's a great yeah maybe I'm not saying I have any of those skills by the way, and there's probably you know there's probably certain toilets and you don't want to be looking in in a cinema but but yeah I think like you say it is terrible but also you'd be able to tell and if you can maybe that's part of the interview, you know, there's 16 people in the toilet. What film's on now? Who's that? Yeah. Who's in there? <laughs> there is one other really important thing you have to do, though, as in cinema. You you have to mm. you have to be able to tell that people are a certain age for yeah. the films, which is it's pretty tough now. Well, it's not like they're going into a club, so it's like you've kind of got to have a bit of that bounce mentality. Although you can't <laughs> yeah. do what a bouncer does. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you don't see big bouncer type people in cinemas but they have to basically do the same thing 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the bouncers would be just looking at their shoes, but like, but, you, need, you need to be looking but at their face. How do you know they haven't been working so, in the cinema? Yeah, they look exactly. They look about what happens when they've been working in the cinema? There's all these toddlers everywhere going, look, I used to work in the cinema, and he's actually 55, this guy. And he's, you know, he's walking through with his ice cream. And he's not. He's actually really you know, I mean, he's maybe in his 50s. Could, yeah, it's tough. You know, maybe you could look at, like, the wife next to him and maybe judge. But then she might have been working in the cinema as well. So, uh, you know what? I, I, I respect the skills these guys have, but I, I'm out, actually. It's tough. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do this I think it was really job. close. It's a lot of effort. Me vending machine technician that that higher purpose especially with like the arcade style the game vending machine i think that's a winner um oh, i've okay. already applied while we've been on yeah so so let me know um how the podcast goes and stuff but i'm uh, i'm off